This show contains four-letter words and adult situations. But what did you expect? It's called Now That I'm Older. Stop for a second. If you've ever watched South Park and you've seen the hero called Captain Hindsight, where he's like, you should have had more support. <laughs> but I told, I told you back then, too. It wasn't hindsight the first time. Because I think the Fibonacci sequence in a song is fascinating. Shane thinks somebody getting clobbered with a metal level is amazing. So Shane's the not- name from Now That I'm Older to Shane's Vanity Project. <laughs> We can change it to now that I'm Shane. The Shane Vanity Project with Kenny for commentary. <laughs> Sorry about my shit intro. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Now That I'm Older with Shane Smith and Ken Baldwin. A.K.A. KB Paperstacks, A.K.A. Baldwin Escobar, A.K.A. Danger Zone, A.K.A. Vanilla Thriller, and A.K.A. MC Killer B. No one calls you any of that. So when I took my job in sales at my company, they said, listen, your territory is going to be in Alabama, Tennessee, and Virginia, which in my head, I'm like, that's not a big deal. At the time when I first took the job, the only place I'd ever flown to was Puerto Rico. But I'm like, the only place I really got to fly to is Virginia. And maybe in a couple of cases, like some places in Tennessee and some places in Alabama, it's not going to be that big a deal. Most of my job is done on the phone anyway. So it's not really that big of a problem for me to go do this. But then recently they came to me and said, hey, we're actually going to change your territory up. Instead of being in the Southeast, we want you to now be in the Midwest. My company's going through this big expansion. So they said, listen, your territory has now shifted to Oklahoma, Missouri, Illinois, and Colorado, which means that there's no more driving any fucking where. If I have to go somewhere, I have to get onto a plane and be there. And I'm thinking, okay, cool. No big deal. Most of my job is done on the phone anyway. It's not really going to be that big of a problem. Well, a few months into this whole thing, my boss comes to me and says, hey, we need you to go to Missouri. There's a conference out there we need you to be at. Somebody else was going to go, but she got shifted out of that state. And now we want you to be in Missouri. And I think, OK, cool. I'll go to Missouri. I've heard a lot of good things about Missouri. Apparently, they got really good food. They've got a pretty good baseball team. From what I understand, I'm like, I can go to Missouri. That's not going to be a big deal. So I get all the information sent over to me and all these emails come from the other employee who was supposed to go to the conference. And someone had sent her something from the hotel itself and said, hey, you can either come to the hotel that we're going to be at. And this hotel is going to be roughly around an hour and 45 minutes from the St. Louis airport or roughly about an hour and 20 minutes from this other airport. And I forget the name of the other airport. But if you fly into the other one, it's about an hour and 20 minutes. I'm doing the calculations in my head and thinking, OK, so if I can save a good bit of money on flying into a bigger airport like St. Louis, then why wouldn't I do it? So I fly out to St. Louis, I get my rental car, I get my GPS all set up. And I'm thinking maybe it's going to say two hours, maybe two and a half hours tops with like some terrible traffic from an accident. Oh no. I type my address into the GPS and suddenly it tells me that I have a three and a half hour drive from the airport. Someone didn't just miscalculate how far it was from the airport out to this resort that I was going to. Someone had fucking lied through their teeth. And I'm like, okay, this is ridiculous. So I start driving. I'm already really, really pissed off at the fact that I'm going to be in the car for three and a half hours in a place that I don't know. It started pouring down rain as I was on the way there. And I'm like, oh, this is great. All of this is exactly what I need on a business trip for the first time that I've ever come to Missouri. But at the same time, I'm keeping a positive attitude. Everything's going to be fine. I'll just look at it like I'm Dora the Explorer. I'm going to see all the great architecture. I'm going to see all the great stuff off the highway. I mean, these are the arteries of St. Louis. I'm going to see exactly what they want me to see coming off of this the, the highway. So I'm driving through St. Louis and I'm looking around and everything around me legitimately was 
gray. There was no great architecture. There was one really cool bridge on the way. And if you're from St. Louis or you're from Missouri, I'm sorry. This is just what I saw as an observer on a cloudy ass day when it was pouring down rain. I didn't see anything that was really cool except for this one super dope bridge as I was driving through with these great like things over the top of it. There was a, a big casino after that. And outside of that, it was like Walmarts and drugstores and just looked gray and terrible. So I don't have much hope for the hotel when I start to get out to the hotel. And I already had to go through like all these winding ass roads to get back to the hotel and everything like that. Like I was driving to the house from The Shining, like Stephen King's Shining and shit like that. And I finally pull up on it and maybe there's a ray of sunshine because there's a big ass lake. There's boats everywhere. This this resort sits right on top of it. And the resort itself wasn't like really awesome looking. It just looked like a building and shit. But the, the scenery behind it was like, oh my God. Okay, cool. This is going to be awesome. I'm going to work it out. I've got the positive attitude. I've already had the three and a half hour door of the Explorer trek to get out to this fucking hotel. But now it looks like it's right off the lake. Maybe it's going to be great. So I get out and I go in, I get my key to my room and I go to get on the elevator. And the first off, before I get on the elevator, I have to drive to the parking deck. And this parking deck was so dark that if I would have been a single woman, I would have felt like I needed a fucking panic button just to get to the elevator or get to the door to the elevator. And also there was no instructions whatsoever in this hotel on which door to go to for what building. So I'm roaming around trying to find a door that will actually get me to an elevator. And it takes me going into two or three of them before I actually find the right one. Again, there's no labels on anything when I go in. So I finally get to the elevator. I'm thinking it's going to be great. I'll get to the elevator. Things will be fine. And when I get in, it looks like someone has taken a baseball bat and smashed the numbers or the arrows that point up and down in the elevator that show you where you're going. Some of the buttons on the elevator itself didn't even work. And I'm like, okay, so this isn't a St. Louis problem now. We're way out far from fucking St. Louis. This is just maybe a Missouri problem at this point. This elevator is like apparently trying to kill me. Like this is one of those hotel stories, like one of those hotel horror movies where maybe the room is going to try to kill me. But that night, get all my stuff put away. I go set my booth up for the conference, and I think I'm going to go to the bar. I'm going to try some local craft brew. I want to find out what the local beer in St. Louis is going to be like. I meet this great guy who's the bar manager himself. He brings me this huge beer list. I'm thinking, cool. I've been to plenty of places like this where they got all these beers. They got all this stuff. It's going to be awesome. And he sets down like six different beers in front of me and says, I want you to try these. I'm going to give you half servings of regular beers. We're going to call it a flight, but I want you to try all this stuff. And I think, awesome. And I go through every one of the beers and all of them were just okay. It wasn't great. It wasn't terrible. It wasn't shitty. I wasn't mad about it. It was just okay. I made some good contacts through the entire conference. I had some great times there. I talked to a lot of really great people and then it comes time for me to leave. And when I'd come into St. Louis, I didn't get a chance to spend much time in the airport whatsoever. I'd flown in, gotten out, got in my rental car, got in the rental car and drove directly to the place. But when I go back to the hotel, I had to check out at 11, but I didn't get a flight that was until like three in the afternoon and I couldn't get on an earlier flight. So I had to go sit in the actual airport for a long fucking time. So I sit down in the airport and I grab my laptop and I think, you know what? It's like two o'clock in the afternoon, one o'clock in the afternoon. I'm going to do some work while I'm here. I'm going to get some actual work done, check some emails that I couldn't check while I was at this conference. And I go to log into the Wi-Fi and it says, you have 60 minutes of free Wi-Fi and then it won't connect to the internet. Well, number one, I'm like, what the fuck? You mean I don't get free internet the whole time I'm here? I'm a fucking traveler in your airport. I don't get free internet. So I log onto the internet. It won't let me onto the web, but it's running a timer that says I only have 60 minutes. When I finally get logged onto the internet, it's been 25 minutes. I've got 35 minutes left. And then it cuts me off at about 10 minutes after that. 
something had happened. I had to close out the browser I was in and it suddenly didn't recognize the certificate or whatever that I'd had for my internet. Then I go on Twitter and decide that I'm going to absolutely blast the internet company for the St. Louis airport who runs their internet. An actual rep gets back to me from their internet company and he says, hey, here, here's a free hour of internet on us because you had this problem. And I try the code and it doesn't work. Then he sends me another code and that code doesn't work. Then he sends me another code, and I think you see where this is going. He sent me eight different codes, and every single one of them didn't fucking work. And by the end of this, I was fucking furious. I get onto the actual plane to leave St. Louis, and all I can think of is everything about this state so far has just been okay, but not being able to get onto the internet when you were in one of the larger airports in the United States was just the icing on the cake. So if you're from Missouri, if you're from St. Louis and you feel as though there's something that I missed when I was out there, there's things that I really need to see that would have been amazing that I didn't get to see, please let me know. But as far as I'm concerned, Missouri is the just okay state. Hey guys, welcome back to a show that definitely remembers how dope it used to be to get most of the Happy Meals toys as a little kid and how shitty it was to get the Burger King ones. Or as we like to call it, now that I'm older. A show about how getting older sucks but can be awesome at the exact same time. You can find us online, go to nowthatimolder.com or also on Facebook as well as Google Play, Stitcher, and iTunes. Please rate, review, and subscribe to the show anywhere you find us online because that helps us out a lot. You can also find us on Twitter, Gmail, and Instagram, but it's at NTIOPod. And if you'd like to support the show, you can go to patreon.com slash now that I'm older, and if you give to us, we're going to give right back to you. You can also find us on Twitter with the hashtag Potter Family. Now, Potter Family is a family of podcasters that came together to cross promote each other, spread the word about badass independent podcasts, and create a family out of absolutely nothing. If you go to Twitter and check out the hashtag Potter Family, you're going to find our show as well as the On the Subject podcast, the What's Under the Sun podcast, and the Battery Powered podcast. And this week, Kenny kind of nerds out on one of my favorite bands of all times, Tool, and how there may be a little bit more than meets the eye to one of their albums, Lateralis. Then we discussed me selling my house and how the possibility of me having to make some changes in my life after Nikki and I moved to the city. And of course, Kenny makes fun of me for it. So check it out. We'll be right back. Here's a good idea. Have a point. It makes it so much more interesting for the listener. Child discovers $40,000 worth of meth inside the box of Legos. Okay, that has nothing to do with what we're talking about. But uh, <laughs> let's have you go ahead and uh, bring us in, and we're going to be talking about Tool, Lateralis, and how there's a secret uh, remix of the album just by reordering. Okay. Well, let me go ahead and start the whole segment out about Tool and everything like that with saying that from the beginning of my discovery of music and shit like that, Tool has been a huge influence uh, from the time I started playing drums to now, like... Still to this day, like if I'm having a bad day, if some shit's going wrong, I can put on Tool and be in a better mood. And it's not exactly like the happiest, you know, most go lucky music and shit like that. A lot of dark undertones and shit like that. But something about them has just always brought me out of a dark place. So I get over to Kenny's house today and he starts talking about Tool. And he says, did you hear about what was the gift? What it's called it? The Holy Gift. It's a it's a basically they, they say it's a secret album, but it's not really a secret album. It's a reordering of the track list on uh, Lateralis. So in that scene from, uh, what's that movie? Um, Boogie Nights, where the guy's like, man, fuck them for trying to tell me how to put the songs in order. Like, you can't tell me what order the songs are supposed to go in. I can decide that shit myself. 
And he starts like reordering the songs and shit like that. Tool apparently took that to a different level and said, well, we can reorder the songs any fucking way we want and make them more of a mathematical equation or some shit like that. I think they totally intend. I think basically they wrote it this way on purpose to see if people would figure it out. Um, I mean, even if you write out the names of the songs or uh, some of the lyrics and even you can see the uh, Fibonacci sequence. That's what the whole thing is about is the Fibonacci sequence, which for those of you who don't know, uh, allow me to explain it. Cause as we proved with our, uh, our new game of stump Kenny, I know just about all the facts there are out there. I don't think you know all the facts. I think you know like a good few facts here and there. I know enough to shit. where I can always give you at least part of the answer. And so far you haven't been able to stump me with your internet over there. So oh, I'll stump you. I'll find some ways to stump you, sir. I mean, so far I'm beating you and the internet. So <laughs> let's just go ahead and first off, I have never once like insinuated that I know more about like shit like I'm that. Just like, saying, people underestimate me, but you have the whole Google library over there that you're giving in. So you pull up facts. Okay, hold on. Before we go further, let me ask you a sick just a simple question. Who was the first bass player before Cliff Burton and Metallica? I don't know. <laughs> so would these you say science, these are science facts when we do the game you just hit me with a music fact that's not the game we're playing we're talking about science here would you say that right this moment you are stumped I'm not stumped we're talking about the science of metal sir no. Shane Shane that's not a real thing <laughs> it's just a, it's just a class of music so it would be a derivative of music studies which I am not an expert at. But if you ask me a scientific question, like how does bass work different than guitar, I could probably give you a good idea. Ron McGovney is the answer you were looking for. That's sir. great. Good. You're like a, you're a music nerd. We know. Good for you. That's no, I'm it. just saying I just stumped you, like legitimately just stumped you right now with the science of music. The game we play has nothing. There are There's no questions about music. It's science facts. You ask me like random questions like how many feet are in the bone and you're pissed off when I have to know. How many feet are in the bone? <laughs> how many bones f- are in the feet? I was like, what the fuck are you talking yeah, you about? Have, dude? You, have, you have more bones in your feet than almost the entire rest of your body. The wrist also has a shitload of bones in it, too. The hand, anyway. hand, yes. The hand is the second most. Uh, That's why bones. I said the wrist, dude. When I'm talking the wrist about the is part hand. of the hand. When you, because anything below. Dude, you're about the, to get the hand if you don't get to right, the fucking back point to the of fucking, this Fibonacci You square. made this happen, not me. I didn't make anything happen. You are so. mad that I am unstumping with science questions. I have to clarify now because the next thing you know, he's going to go look up some shit about like, you know, ballet dancing. And I'll be like, I don't fucking know. I don't give a shit about that. <laughs> Ron McGovney. Yeah. Who was the first ballet dancer to come to America from Russia? Why would you fucking know that? That's my point. I'm not a music expert. You're in the bands, not me. Hans. I'm going to go out on the limb and say Hans something. Hans is a Swedish name. Why would they come from Russia with a Swedish name? They defected, obviously. Okay. <laughs> That's where I would defect, too, if I was from Switzerland. I've <laughs> got a cold-ass Russia. Russia. Someplace just as cold, but not as pretty. That'd be awesome. Anyway, the Fibonacci sequence is very simple. It's a mathematic sequence. It repeats itself throughout nature. Uh, it's related to the golden ratio. It's simply this. This is the, the first few numbers of the sequence. Zero, one, one. Two, three, five, eight, thirteen. Now, when you see those numbers, what that is, zero plus one is one. So that's why it's zero, one, one. One plus one is two. That's why it's followed by one, one, two. One, two is three. Two, three is five. Three, five is eight. Eight, thirteen, so forth, and et cetera. It can go forever. So this is the pattern of a snail's spiral, for example. Right. Um, sunflower seeds, their uh, seeds are in this pattern. That's why they look so aesthetic to our eye. That's why they're such a popular design feature. 
but it's also the structure of our face follows these sequences. So it's throughout his, uh, nature. I, you know, I don't feel like my face follows that sequence. Well, that's why people think you're funny looking. Uh, As a matter of fact, it's funny you mentioned that because you're not really, you know, nobody's really talking about your face. It's usually your bad attitude. But uh, people who have too much plastic surgery, they say that's one of the reasons why no matter how good the plastic surgery is. At a point, they look weird to us. Well, if you're just like redesigning the face and adding more to it and stuff like that, why would it change like the the sequence of the face? You, they do crazy shit plastic surgery, man. They move your nose around your face and they move your eyes in the different spots. That's why it freaked it. Remember when uh, what's her name, the chick that Renee was Zellweger? Uh, yeah, remember when she had plastic surgery? Everybody was, like, everybody was like, "Who the Whoa. fuck is this chick? Whoa, what did you do? You looked fine before, and now you look weird." It's the same thing with the chick from Dirty Dancing. When she got fucking plastic surgery on her nose, everybody's like, "Uh, so apparently we are gonna put baby in the corner." So yeah, basically all that is true because your face is structured by a mathematic sequence. Well, so I don't. You can like- do my, like a facelift isn't gonna change it. A facelift just tightens the skin on your structure. But some of these surgeries are pretty crazy. They break your bones and reset them. Oh, I could see breaking your face if I needed to. I mean, I could definitely break your face, but I would do it with like, you know, a truck. Like a two by four? No, <laughs> like a Mack truck. <laughs> It'd be pretty brutal. I've got to be so, honest. Let's always get envisioned- back to the story before we start having fantasies of killing each other. <laughs> um, Lateralis, the song, actually... The lyrics follow the, the uh, Fibonacci sequence. And what I mean by that is in the syllables, and I have it pulled up on the internet here so I can go over it without screwing it up for you folks. The lyrics follow the symbols. So it's black then, which is one, one, black, and then both being a single syllable word. And then it's black then, white R. White R, two syllables. Black then, white R, all I see. Three syllables, correct? Right. So the pattern's starting to form. White are all I see, two and three, in my infancy. Which is five. Exactly. And then that's followed up by the peak. And this is where they they wisely decide that they can't just make the sequence go forever. You can't have lines that have 400 syllables after a couple of I mean, you runs. could if you wanted to, but that I mean, song would be you shitty. You could, but you, would ne- you wouldn't be tool because you would be a dumbass. So what they did is they peak at eight and they make it go up and down. So then Let, after- Hold on, hold on. Let, let me go ahead and just interject something for the crowd there. For any of you guys who aren't laughing right now and aren't having like a great time listening to this, I just want you to know that Kenny was the one who's like, this is the first thing we're recording today. This is the, what we're, this is interesting as shit. It's like when we discovered the goddamn dark side of the moon. Yeah, true. And we, we do have a friend who uh, his dad like actually made money off the dark side but, of the moon. But this is like way more in-depth because, all right, so after it says, all I see, three, in my infancy, five, red and yellow then came to be. And right. you have to admit, when you were when we heard first of this talk, Tool's always kind of weird, but you're like, oh, this has a really weird rhythmic, <laughs> like rhythmic like when, pattern. When I figured out that the drummer set up his drums to a mathematic equation, I was like, okay. Tool's a little different. Like something's going different here. Yeah. So anyway, this song, so it goes up and down. It repeats this pattern throughout the entire song. Um, and, and that's one additional uh, ex- uh, example of them using the Fibonacci sequence. Um, but the whole album track, if you, if you lay the track out in this weird order, it forms a pattern that is actually a double uh, spiral of the Fibonacci. And in the exact middle of it is Schism which is the 13th track, which is the height of the scale that they go to. Five plus eight is 13. I had no idea. Uh, for all these years that I've been adding numbers well, together, I, mean, I always skipped five and eight. You know, I have to help you with these things You sometimes. fucking asshole. Can you talk about something that's not like a complete nerd segment here? No. Again? 
No, because you are. You, we get to hear about your fucking bullshit, fucking childhood drama all the fucking time. That's a fucking killjoy, dude. My <laughs> dad got attacked by a dude with a fucking level. Okay, the Fibonacci square versus dad getting attacked by a guy named Ricky. Well, there you with go. A level. Okay. Now you can tell which one of us grew up in Mapleton. <laughs> Let me, dude, let me just go ahead. Because I think the Fibonacci sequence in a song is fascinating. Shane thinks somebody getting clobbered with a metal level is amazing. First off, it was fucking wood. Okay? <laughs> oh, I'm so sorry. And I secondly, had the wrong, I had the wrong materials. Secondly, get in touch with us on Twitter, on Gmail, whatever, at NTIOPod at Gmail or at Twitter. Let us know, is the Fibonacci square fucking entertaining or is Kenny just a big fucking nerd? Because or, I have this feeling. Or we just, or do we have to always talk about Shane for him to be happy? That's another no, thing. Talk talk about we're me. not talking about Shane. He doesn't want to talk about it, I think. Well, why don't we talk about you? Let's talk about Let's something that's not. Let's change the name from Now That I'm Older to Shane's Vanity Project. <laughs> we can change it to Now That I'm Shane. The Shane Vanity Project with Kenny for commentary. <laughs> we're going to change the Twitter handle to at SVP. Anyway, back to my subject. If you, I'm going to give you the track listing. You can check it out yourself. But some of the songs that had really weird intros, like Ticks and Leeches, how it just starts right with that weird drum beat. Right. If you have Schism right before it, it's the same. It's not the same exact drum beat, but it's a complete match to the way uh, Schism ends. So here's your track listing. What you do is you start with Parabola. I'm sorry, Parable, and then go to Parabola, then Schism, then Ticks and Leeches, then Mantra, then Lateralis. Then uh, whatever that weird song is, I don't know how to pronounce all those weird French words. Fake dioid. Sounds like a dire ant word song. I don't know what the fuck you're talking about over there, sir. It's the one that where it's just a track of some dude making weird ass noises. There's a lot of shit like that on Tool albums. If, then if, the grudge. <laughs> then try Let's just move past that. <laughs> Eon Blue Apocalypse, Reflection, The Patient, and Disposition Last. There's a bunch of YouTube videos that already have it uh, put together. And you can actually, there's a bunch of them that have timestamps in the comment or in the uh, description. And you can actually hear where the transitions are different. And it has a bunch of the highlights posted out for you already. So check it out on YouTube is what I would suggest you do. Faeep Dioid? Yeah, exactly. You thought I was just being retarded until you looked it up and you're like, oh, it's some of that made up words that Tool uses. <laughs> like I'm watching all these, uh, like there's a new thing on YouTube. This is actually pretty interesting. We'll finish up with this. There's a new trend on YouTube where like hip hop review guys are now learning rock songs. They're like like Metallica, Tool. Some are watching Queen. Queen's a popular one, um, and they've never heard these songs, and they're like floored by how good they are. Really? Yeah, but like the Tool ones are always like, "What the fuck? Why well, feel weird?" <laughs> one dude, one of my favorite guys. He's like so ass hood. He's hood as hell, and he did Bohemian Rhapsody. And after it, he was like just sitting there, kind of with his mouth open. He was like, "Bro, I feel so many emotions right now. I don't know, I don't know how I'm supposed to feel." That was like six different songs. The first time you ever hear, and let's go ahead and just give credit where credits due. And I don't know if this is your experience, but for me, Wayne's World was the first time that, from the beginning to the end, I listened to Bohemian Rhapsody by Queen. Oh no, we all we listened to in my household growing up was classic rock. So oh no, my dad loved classic rock, but you got to remember, my dad, that boy's got sugar in his britches. Well, don't see, he? that's where you get your little your your where shit bothers you and you can't let it go. 
Because, like, my dad didn't like Queen uh, Freddie Mercury being gay either, but he wasn't going to get up and go turn off the radio station. <laughs> oh, no, my dad was. Exactly. That's what I'm telling you. Molly Hatchet. Uh, Maybe that's something Leonard you should talk Skinner. about in therapy so it'll help you. Like, I have. Realize, realize this is why you need to let things go a little earlier oh, in the I process. Oh, have, dude. Let's be honest. Like, the whole podcast, now that I'm older, has helped me move way past any of the, the – I'm much happier since we've been doing the podcast. Like I, when we first started this whole thing out, I was mean and angry and like had uh, shit Oh, all. you had a little moment last week where while listening to you a couple of times, I had to talk you down and make you realize that, yeah, it's not so bad. So I hope you guys enjoyed Kenny's crazy rant about Tool. And if you didn't, you're going to have to tweet us at NTIOPod on Twitter because Kenny's account is once again suspended for ranting about one certain politician. Next up, we're going to run to a quick promo break, but when we get back, Kenny talks about having to talk me down from being stressed out as hell last week. So check it out. We'll be right back. After these messages, we'll be right back. What's up, all you guys out there in podcast land? This is Chris. This is Jason. And I'm the Duchess. And we're the Hashtag No Offense Show, bringing you your weekly dose of crazy Florida headlines. Well, that's not all we talk about. I mean, we talk about stuff like... Yeah, don't forget about me sucking dicks. Oh, Jesus. Oh, that's true, I guess. <laughs> Some of them dick pics. Let's just check out this clip from a recent episode. Bitch. You know, they don't really have any problems at all. Fuck yeah, why would you? Yeah, everybody's getting their balls drained. And they're <laughs> right. getting in trouble. Oh, exactly. <laughs> and the girls are getting paid. They're happy. And nobody's suing anybody for whipping their dick out. She's got she's got fucking health care for for sucking dick, dude. Mm. I mean, like, do you know how many bitches in America would suck dick for health care? I would suck dick for health care. You've got it by being married. For free health care. <laughs> yeah, but if we can get health care for free, you wouldn't let me suck dick? I pay $550 a month for health care. Is $550 a month worth it to you to suck a gang of dicks for free health care? <laughs> <laughs> How many are a gang? And will they be providing? Yeah, what is a gang of dicks? <laughs> will they be providing sandwiches afterwards? Because if they have sandwiches, then I am in. I'll pay the five fifty and take you to Firehouse. Okay. So if you like what you heard, head on over to htnos.com and you can subscribe on any of your podcast platforms. And don't forget to follow us on all the socials. Htnos everywhere. Have you ever wished you could get extra now that I'm older? Well, now you're in luck because if you go to patreon.com slash now that I'm older, sign up to the $10 level, you'll be able to hear Patreon exclusive content with stuff just like this. Why would you have fetuses as toys? In what sort of Russian nightmare cartoon do you have fetuses as toys? Kenny hates little children. Kenny hates happiness. Especially children. Kenny hates pretty much everything. So I hate happiness. I just hate other people's happiness. I just, I know we're not supposed to get political on now that I'm older, but what the fuck is going on? So go to patreon.com slash now that I'm older, sign up to the $10 level, and you'll be able to check out our Patreon exclusives every single time we drop one. Don't say that! Never say that! Goonies never say die! Rising from the depths of a state called Michigan, two inebriated dorks prepare their plan for intergalactic domination mixing their extensive knowledge of geek culture with their insatiable thirst for alcohol these two man children bring you a show like you've never heard before they will tell you tales from faraway lands and have you questioning their taste in beer but make no mistake friend for the best coverage of your favorite comics 
films, and TV shows, there's no better source for you to get your fix. So listen up, strap in, and prepare yourself as Jake and Tom conquer the world. So Lone Star, now you see that evil will always triumph because good is dumb. You're you're making a bunch of of mental benchmarks that are aggravating you. If they're aggravating, you change them. They're not set in stone. It's not like the government's calling you and saying, you need to make this much more money by this age. If your goals are making you have a fucking mental breakdown, maybe your goals are too stringent. Ass. (laughs) Here's the simple truth is selling your house is absolutely the most stressful thing that I've gone through. It's one of the most stressful things that you can go through in your entire life up there with a divorce and a death. And he gets really mad when I tell him, but reminded him that I told him all this. Kenny, I don't need We're here now. (laughs) We're here now. (laughs) This isn't going to help it. We can't go back and change it now, which is Shane's way of saying, quit saying you told me so. That's exactly what it is because no matter how many friends of yours, anytime that a friend of yours is telling you like you're getting advice from a friend and that friend looks at you and says, well, I told you that this was going to happen. Do if you remember, you've ever, hold you on, stop for a second. If you've ever watched South Park and you've seen the hero called Captain Hindsight where he's like, you should have had more support. <laughs> but I told, I told you back then too. It wasn't hindsight the first time. It was forward sight. No, you know what, you know what it is? There's a term they have on a local radio st- show here in Atlanta called assholes. <laughs> assholes? Yes. Bert Show. <laughs> give credit where credit's due. It's when you call and ask for advice and they call back like six months later and you bitch because everything is the same and they go, well, did you do what we said? They, no. <laughs> we did exactly what you didn't say to do and nothing worked out. You're an asshole if you do that. <laughs> so let me let me clarify for everybody out there. Um, in about March, me and Nikki decided that we were going to sell our house and we're going to move to the city. We've never lived in the city before. Uh, we live in the suburb called East Cobb, which was like a dream of mine to live in the suburb and live like in which this is part great of why town. everyone's trying to talk them down because that was the big goal, like just five short years ago or so. Exactly five years ago, believe it or not. Um, about five and a half years ago now, it was the goal to get to East Cobb. And now that like our son has moved out, we live in this 2,500 square foot house. And I know I feel like, oh, woe is me. I've got a first world problem <laughs> I have here. too much space. <laughs> I have too much room. I have to, and I understand probably where you were coming from. Cause you were like, if I don't get out of this big ass house, uh, Nikki's going to do crazy shit. She's going to fill it with something. <laughs> it's going to cause gonna end up with a fucking panda. But then what you thought was a solution was just another version of that. And um, it feel it, one of the things about being married legitimately is everything feels like it's on fire. Everything that you touch when you're married is on fire. Wow. If you decide to sell your house, <laughs> wow! <laughs> if you decide to sell your house, then it's on fire. It has to be done quickly. And I'm not saying that. Like, here's the weird part. Like, I sound like I'm blaming Nikki for it, but the thing is, I am complicit in all of when these Nikki decisions. Nikki first told me this. I was like, surely when this gets to Shane, the normal process will happen. Yeah, of course you're going to move to Thailand, Nikki. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I did cut off the Thailand move okay. like, at the at the husk. Oh, of course you're going to become. I'm like vegan farmers. Okay, sure. I'm just like, okay, Shane, I'll handle this. We're going to move to the city and sell our house that we're just getting to where it's, you know, comfortable. Okay. Well, Shane will obviously, first I thought you would head off the dog thing. And I really was like, what the, what's he doing over here? He's slipping. And I should have, I should have known that was a red flag. Well, I, uh, well, the thing was, speaking oh. of dogs, <laughs> 
How many dogs are uh, moving to Atlanta? Um, a, a couple. Couple? You have more than a couple. No, no, I, I have a couple dogs. You have four dogs. A couple it can mean a quant, like depending on how many you All choose right, let's, to let's have. Let's a couple get down to the brass tacks and specifics here, sir. You currently have four dogs in your house, correct? I have four dogs in my four house. Yes. How many dogs are being planned to make it to the uh, inside the perimeter dog life? Um, there are going to be two ITP dogs Ooh, and two that- dogs that have been voted off the island. Now, yeah. let me go ahead and let you know. I believe one I of those dogs. I believe one of those dogs was actually Shane's Christmas present one year as a. Six month old puppy. No, he's eight month old. But I can't confirm confirm or deny that he was a Christmas present. Let's be honest. I don't know. No, I can't. I was there. He was definitely a Christmas <laughs> present. Confirmed. <laughs> Verified. I, I don't know. Got the blue check on Twitter. I don't know that if I actually like I you know, quite honestly, I don't remember. Raved all the about this presents. dog right up about into about two years ago. Raved about how great this dog was. This was the best dog anyone had ever had. Named after a good character in a movie. His name is Turkish. And I was. Love, you I, just said was. No, I said his name is Turkish. No, you said I was. I, I can play that. Was. You can if you need to, but I did Freudian, not say was. Freudian slip. He no. just said his name. His, no, his name his, was Turkish. His name was Bob. <laughs> <laughs> this is like Fight Club over here. Go ahead. Go his ahead. name is Robert Paulson. Keep, um, keep digging your. Uh, keep digging no, his. no. Turkish is an amazing dog. And that's why we uh, we found a family member who's going to take him while we live in the city. Because uh-huh. what we've decided is we're not sure if living in the city is going to be for us. We may get the down there. The only like, piece of advice they're listening to, by the way. Let me go ahead and put this out here. I'm the one over here going, maybe y'all should rip and make sure uh, you're going to like this extreme life change before you tie yourself to another house that you would have to sell to change this project. And wisely, they are listening to wisdom. So while Kenny's like high on his horse over there and shit like that, what he's not saying is that we are taking his advice, but there's no fucking possible way we can move with four dogs. But I was already told about this dog plan when you were still looking for houses because the houses down there are not big enough for uh, dogs, according to you. Again, I did not vote any dogs off the island. Nikki made these decisions. I think Nikki actually gave you the dog for your birthday, for your Christmas present, actually. Yes. Nikki, that was Nikki's present to you. Well, apparently Nikki giveth and she taketh away. Yeah. So Nikki, now you're going to blame shift to Nikki for your dog getting given away. Well, what's happening to Vader? Um, Vader is actually going with Christopher because let's be honest, since we got Vader, he has been Christopher's dog. Uh, Vader, the oldest dog that we have, we were told that he was about 12 turning 13, but he feels like he's about, you know, 18 or 19 years old at this point because of how old he acts. But that dog, like, he the old when he was new. <laughs> like, he just doesn't you, can't, do you can't age that dog by his behavior. He acted that way when he was new. But no, Vader used to fucking have all kinds of energy. Yeah, Vader if other dogs to- were making him. If, if Turkish is running him, if he was, if Vader was perfectly happy to sit by the couch all fucking day. That is exactly what Vader does now. He doesn't do shit. Vader lays around the house just chilling on the floor and he's like, you know what? Fuck all you guys. I'm going to yeah, lay here. That's an easy ass dog. <laughs> So he's going to go with Christopher. He's going to be Christopher's dog. And um, uh, Turkish, like so far, is uh, possibly looking to go with one of my brothers, not the one with the deadly pit bull, uh, because I love Leia, but Leia is like a terrorist when it comes to <laughs> other dogs. Like she just doesn't like other dogs at all. And I feel like the two of them would probably it's kill each other. She's not vicious. She's just annoying to the other dog. <laughs> no, her and Turkish don't like each other at all. Well, that's because Turkish don't like other. Turkish likes control. <laughs> 
when I actually had my brother living there, Turkish and Leia like hated each other to the point where it felt like they were going to fucking like pull switchblades on each other every time they were in each other's presence. They fucking hated each other like on a on a visceral level. And if anybody out there has dogs that don't like each other, you know exactly what I'm. Yeah, he tried about. to guilt shame me back when I was guilt shaming about the dogs earlier because I had two cats originally. But I when I tell you I had to rehome the other cat, it was because the other cat had this homicidal, well, it's both suicidal and homicidal desire to fight cats. Now, when we lived at Shane's house together, my cat lived downstairs and the other cats lived upstairs because my cat would kill them. <laughs> Remember this? Yeah. That's why we named her Battle Cat. Well, the problem is the new cat I got when I moved, who was perfectly fine with other cats, is named Jack, who we all know, is a bangle. Bangles are like if you put if regular cats were chihuahuas, bangles are like pit bulls. <laughs> So I would come home every single day and this and battle cat would be looking kind of like that meme I posted earlier of uh, Stan's dad from South Park. About, I ain't heard no bell yet. <laughs> She's got like a black eye fur missing on half of her head, <laughs> black fur everywhere. And Jack's looking his balls. So which- Jack, and not only is Jack looking his balls, but Jack looks pristine. Like he hasn't broken a sweat. So I had to separate them when I, and I kept them both for about three years because I had a bigger house. When I moved to this new house, all I could do was lock her in a bedroom or she would try to terrorize the other cat and he would kill her. So eventually I, this lady came over who was a client of my aunt's who cuts hair and she just fell in love with this cat. And I was like, you want to take her home? So how long did you have this cat? Her for years, but she was having a miserable life in my home. She was having a miserable life because of her actions. I couldn't stop. And there was no way to fix her. There was no, there's no treat. You can't train a cat like you can a dog. You can make two dogs through training cohabitate. So you're saying that cats are inferior to dogs. No, cats are, cats are, cats are independent. You can train basic things into cats, but you can't change their behavior. Really. You can't change how they feel. So they're not great pets is what you're getting. No, they're excellent pets. If you want an independent pet, if you want a pet that's going to march in line, you better get a dog. (laughs) I'll give you a great example. When you scold your dog, you know how dogs get that look like where they won't look at you. And like they look at the ground, like, kind of like you do when I come over here and I yell Dude, at you. I about slap stuff. you in the damn mouth if you think I'm gonna look at your feet. <laughs> but you know what I'm talking about with a dog. I like they kind of curl up while they're sitting there. You know, say yes or no. Feet, some give and take here would be good for the radio, maybe. I'm just listening, dude. I'm, I'm asking I'm, you, do you know what I'm talking I about? I do know what you're talking okay. about. My dogs get that look on their face all the time. You have the dog. Exactly. You have dogs, so I need the dog like over I said, Well, like I said, when I come over here, when I scold you about like uh, things no. you do and stuff like that, like you I look think down you're at trying, I think you're trying to bomb the segment so you can cut it. You don't want people to know that you're getting rid of two dogs <laughs> <laughs> for selfish reasons. But, but back to what I'm trying to make the point of. When you scold a dog, you know how a dog will look down at the ground and look like it's guilty? Like you do when I come over here and scold yeah, I you. swear to God, if you think I look guilty. First First of all, that doesn't even make sense with the personalities of our show. I obviously have no guilt about much of anything. So so that's a hard sell. Uh, maybe you, when you get home and, and Nikki hears you talking all this shit about her. <laughs> I haven't talked any shit about her. I've just been telling the truth. It's all true. She knows. <laughs> that's why I told her. I was I told her when I was recommending the condo to her. I was like, Nikki, you know you like change like what you want every six weeks. So I, Well, I told her. I was like, you know what? Because uh, her birthday's coming up. I was like, you know what? Dating a Gemini 
I was like, you are absolutely the perfect Gemini because living with you and being married to you is like totally dating two people because one day you'll be like, we're going to live in the suburbs. This is going to be fucking amazing. It was only a year ago. She laid out this big plan for me that involved a horse farm. Oh, a horse farm and a pool. Yes. All that was two acres of land. Two acres. There was going to be a guest house, a very small guest house, doubling as a pool house and a horse farm. And a back porch where she could look at these fucking horses. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, bullshit. <laughs> Shane ain't never having no horses. I didn't even think you weren't even in the equation. I was like, this is way too long term of a project for Nikki to see through. <laughs> bullshit. She's going to change this one up. And I was right. So, yeah, I'm just saying, maybe y'all should check out the city life before you commit to a purchase of property. And then I think that's a wise decision. But back to my point. You scold the dog. <laughs> you scold the dog, it looks guilty. You know what I mean? Or at least it's trying to let you think it's guilty. <laughs> if it's at least bullshitting you, correct? I mean, yeah. You know what happens when you scold your cat? Um, He doesn't like falling wine. Any cat? Well, if it's a male, it'll probably lick its balls. Um, or its ass. It, very often, if you scold a cat, it'll start licking its asshole right in front of you to let you know exactly how much it cares about you scolding it. Or at worst, it'll watch you like intently, like it's paying attention, and clearly not give a fuck. I just can't have an animal that lives in my house that shits in my floor, and I'm expected to no, clean no, it up. It doesn't shit in your floor unless you don't give them a place to shit. If you, if you, I'm saying it. that's like, the thing about a cat. You're bitching about the fact that they are pre-trained. If you put a box down. With sand in it, in front of any fucking cat in the entire world, unless it's sick, it's like, cool, that's where you want me to shit. With dogs, you have a six-week process of teaching them to hold it until they can go outside or a piece of paper. And you have to, like, walk them to the paper every time. Six-week-old cat. Oh, that's the shit box? Good. We can we can agree to that. So- <laughs> But you want a cat to shit in your house. That's because when my you, dogs I mean, have a door, they go outside. Cats of. can go outside, but we have made, we have, because of the, the population expansion and everything else with traffic and coyotes, because coyotes now live in places they didn't before. Uh, we made outside intolerable to cats. If you don't like your cat, you can let them go outside to shit like Nikki did. <laughs> That's why y'all's cats last about three, four years on average. I don't want to talk about the fact that Nikki was basically a cat murderer for a long time because she had cats. It was like, she no, wasn't, outside. Matt, Nikki wasn't a cat murderer. She was more like a unqualified, a despot, like, <laughs> like the leaders of North Korea. Just like, they were surviving due to her bad governance. Okay. She's not a cat murderer, but like her negligence allowed those cats yeah, to be that's murdered. What I'm uh, uh, what's, what's the opposite of benevolent? <laughs> um, malevolent. Yeah, that word. Instead of a benevolent dictator, <laughs> just benevolent. malevolent. Not by choice. Just I, I, I mean, I love her as a, as a as a person and all that stuff. But she's like, I want to get another cat. Like when we moved to the apartment, it's like, stop. I want to go ahead and stop it. If we're if we're ostracizing two dogs from the equation. Wait, in the same? Yeah, okay, I'm with you on this. You can't. You but can't, if we're if we can't make me compromise my morals and get rid of half the dogs we have, exactly. Like I have made this commitment my entire life and been like, dogs are like fucking forever pets. You get them, and then it was like we're moving to the city. It's like, well, fuck. I am not. There's no way four dogs are going to be okay in like fucking 900 square feet of an apartment or some shit like that. So we've got to figure out some way to like get these dogs room to run and shit like that. You can't tell me we're going to get a cat and it's going to be okay. Okay. You can't add another animal when we're already fucking moving two away from the thing. That just doesn't fucking work. That, that's typical, uh, <laughs> that's typical, uh, <clears throat> how do you say it? That's typical Nikki. 
We gotta get rid of these dogs, and we're getting a cat. Wait, what? <laughs> we should get rid of two dogs and get two cats. Wait, I thought we. Wait, I thought you said one cat. No, we should get two. What about three cats? This is back to where I think like certain people need licenses to own pets or have you know certain things. Like maybe you should have a license in order to be able to like operate an actual household where like somebody can come in here and tell you like you can't be qualified to have this household if you can't pick this fucking trash up off the floor or maintain your dogs and not dip them. And they get old, and you don't want them anymore because you got new dogs that are more fun. That's not what we're saying here, they, sir. Oh, that's why. That's why the dogs you've had for like a couple of years are staying, and the dog who's thirteen is going. That yeah, go ahead. Explain well, that we just have a warranty on these dogs. <laughs> <laughs> wow, I don't think the license is about how neat you keep. <laughs> I think it's a. I think it's a lack of a uh, heart. It's not like a heart, dude. I love the dog. I would, passion. Be, I would take them to the fucking pound if I didn't love them. That's why I fucking am finding homes with them like with people that I with love. With somebody that you know can't afford them, they'll probably end up in the pound anyway. Bullshit. They're not going to the pound. Like, I would fucking step in. If, like, Turkish was going to the pound, I'd be like, no, send him over here. Like, he's going to fucking live with us in the apartment. Nobody has to know about him. He's just going to be like the secret dog that nobody knows about. Uh-huh. The secret dog. We can make him live under the steps like Harry Potter's fucking family before he went to the, the school. What is this? You don't know, dude. That was, uh, you're probably like, damn it, he, heard, he knew about the step idea. <laughs> I mean, if I could leash Turkish under the steps and like him not bark, but of course he would bark, so there'd be no way. <sighs> Just know you're judged. <laughs> Just know, judged. Judged. I need the sound effect from uh, Law and Order. I'm not, I'm not going to add that. I guess that's the way the whole darn human comedy keeps perpetuating itself down through the generations westward the wagons across the sands of time until we oh look at me I'm rambling again well I hope you folks enjoyed yourselves that's it for Now That I'm Older this week, guys. Thank you so much for checking out the show. You can find us online, nowthatimolder.com, Facebook, Google Play, Stitcher, and iTunes. You can also find us on Twitter and Gmail, but it's at NTIOPod. Check back next Thursday for a brand new episode. And as always, getting older sucks, but can be awesome at the same time. Have a great week. I whipped the shit out of her That's enough for this week, dude. We, we gotta go. <laughs> Any party thoughts? Yeah, you tune somebody up with a cat of nine tails. You don't just start whacking the shit out of them. You read the Bible, Greg? Yes! Well, there's this passage I got memorized. Sort of fits Ezekiel 25, 17. The path of the righteous man is beset on all sides by the inequities of the selfish and the tyranny of evil men. Blessed is he who in the name of charity and goodwill shepherds the weak through the valley of darkness. For he is truly his brother's keeper and the finder of lost children. And I will strike down upon thee with great vengeance and furious anger those who attempt to poison and destroy my brothers. And you will know my name is the Lord when I lay my vengeance upon thee.